Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by To The Top Talk yet again this week. Here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Hey, we're trying something different this season. So if you would like to sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk, you can now do that. Go to tothetoptalk.com. Click on the link that says sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk. If for some reason that form does not work for you, shoot us a, a, a shoot me an email at jamie at jamieerrington.net or shoot us a DM on any of our social media outlets. All right, joining me now, the Wizard of Whiskey himself. I had to step. I had to almost mess it up yet again. The Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shane Lott. It's just so natural for you to go right into the you know Black Ops tailgating, blah, 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 yada yada yada. Uh, yeah, getting a rhythm. What I don't. Do? I, I can't get in my rhythm without a greetings and salutations. <laughs> yeah it well kind of throws we, me off we hate that the bump's not here with us tonight but man um crazy situation thinking about him and his family and uh i mean if you want to expand on that you can but uh thinking about the the baileys and, and keeping jason and, and mr wayne bailey in our uh, thoughts and prayers for sure yeah so uh jason is on a pub crawl right now in raleigh <laughs> mississippi <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so uh, he had better things to do than hang out with us tonight. He had better things to do than hang out with us. He's uh, he's playing he's playing uh, top golf in uh, in uh, Eastabuchi. <laughs> at the almost spit whiskey on my screen at, at the brand new top golf facility there in Eastabuchi. At the brand new top golf set in Eastabuchi, you have to say it like Bucci. Patrick says on the on the show, but no. So, um, you know, Jason's father, uh, Mr. Wayne Bailey, um, was well. I don't, and we can share the story because Jason has shared it on social media. So I think that's perfectly fine. But I think I think the uh, the, the listeners need to know what's going on with him, and and because we need all the we need all the positivity, the love, the support, the prayer going to to the family right now. So um, Sunday, um, Jason, when, and actually Wayne was at the uh, football game. This past weekend, um, but Saturday he was supposed to be Sunday. Wayne, uh, a spry, a spry fellow, he was out uh, playing tennis and uh, up in the the Brandon area where he lives, and had a had a heart attack and uh, collapsed on the collapsed there on the court. And this is the crazy thing about that. Normally I would just say, oh, he had a heart attack. He's you know in the hospital, but this is the crazy thing that happened with that. So the next court over. Was a couple of people in, in the medical um, industry, one of which uh, I believe was a doctor. So they were just at this club on a three-day pass. They bought a, a three-day pass. They were scheduled to play at five, but somebody dropped out early in the day, so they ended up playing at three, which is when this happened. And because that happened, they were on the court right next to Wayne's. They saw what happened. They they sprung into action. They were able to get it. The tennis club had a defibrillator, so they were able to, you know, um, get that going and, um, you know, get, get Mr. Wayne to the hospital. He's scheduled to have open heart surgery in the morning. We hope all goes well. Um, so, so thinking about the Bailey family with all that, really an incredible story because this, this, this could have gone in a totally different direction had, um, the people not been there that were there. Yeah, ab- absolutely wild. And I mean, horrible situation. You, you never want to hear about that happening to anybody, but the, the stars aligning with just the random things that had to, to fall into place for everybody to be where they were when that happened. Uh, very fortunate. Very fortunate. So Wayne tonight at a pub crawl in, uh, Morton, <laughs> Mississippi. Morton. The, hot is, coffee, Mississippi. Hot coffee. He's at the, uh, he's at the cook plant in, 
Morton about to I know he's doing a chicken plant run. Uh he's about to head to Tyson. Um no, but uh yeah, I'm glad to hear to hear that uh, Wayne's in, in better spirits and and yeah, all all the energy we got right now heading to the Bailey family and we look forward to having uh Jason back on with us next week. For sure. So this past weekend was homecoming. Uh, Southern Miss hosted the Arkansas State Red Wolves. First off, an incredible day on campus. Beautiful day. This is like we I know I've been talking on the show about how the past few weeks it was um, incredible football football weather. I was upset that we didn't have a game during that time because the weather was so good. But um beautiful day on the campus at the University of Southern Mississippi. Definitely the biggest tailgating crowd of the year. Our tailgate area was was jam-packed. It was fun to see. Adam Doliak out there at Spirit Park. 27,042 was the announced crowd. It's just the largest crowd of the year, and it definitely showed, um, you know, looking around the stadium. But but really just a beautiful atmosphere for Southern Miss football. Was Was there a fight to get your tailgating spot this year, or have those people given up? I think they've given up. I think they've right. given up. Uh, we had, uh, you know, Patrick Lowry was out there. I know, I don't remember who else was all, all out there, but Patrick out there, you know, making sure business was taken care of. Cause I our, can see Pilo in the bushes in a ghillie suit just <laughs> hanging out. Because uh, the tailgate's gotten bigger. You have to have at yeah. least four tents now. And, um, it was really good to see everybody. And I could go down the, the laundry list of everybody we ran into, but it was so good to see. Uh, all those people back on campus. Spirit Park was jam packed. Um, I went over there to catch up with with Tom Colt, and uh, you know ran into so ran into Jarrett Hoffpower over there. Ran into so many people. Um, I don't know how good my memory is as far as everybody that I ran into, but that is par for the course with the Southern Miss game day. So really, really good to see everybody out there. It was a lot of fun, and um, we'll we'll do it again in I guess a little over a week now. Um, a week and three days. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be a fun one. So for three three quarters and some change, it was a, a very uh, heart-wrenching game. It was a very frustrating game. It was a game where, um, you know, it was disappointing. You know, it, you, you felt like this was a game. And Arkansas State, you tip their hat to them. They, they did some good things with the football, but at the same time, we, we didn't. And you kind of felt like, okay, this was a game. And we talk about salty ass Southern Miss about how this is a team that can, you know, beat anybody and lose to anybody. And and that felt that certainly felt apparent in this game up until, you know, what the nine nine fifty mark of the fourth quarter. It was you just sitting there going, man, what a what a what a huge, uh, what a very huge disappointment and a frustrating game. But in the fourth quarter, they were able to turn it around. Yeah, I guess I need to go ahead and uh, get the elephant in the room off my chest because uh, there at the end of the fourth quarter when we got the safety on the punt, was that the, I mean, end of the third quarter. So at the end of the, that was the end of the third. The fourth hadn't quite started yet at that point, huh? Or was that early in the fourth? Time blurs, but I, uh, I lost faith. I snapped. I was like, this is terrible football. And the, uh, the, the reason I feel like I got to that point is because we've seemed like we could move the ball at will for most of the first three quarters. And then we would do something dumb to shoot ourselves in the foot, whether it was a penalty to kill the drive or a turnover or something along those lines. But, uh, we're so close to being a good football team again. I mean, just you can feel it. We're right there. If one of these young quarterbacks could, you know, grow up in an instant, uh, I don't feel like that we're that far away. I mean, you, you got, you know, we'll, we'll get into individual players lately or later, but, uh, you know, casting goes down early with an injury. So Mims gets his chance and has a breakout night. You know, not expecting to come in and play, but we've got like that's just an example of the weapons that we've got all over the place. Wide receiver in the backfield. And it's just it, it's it's been so frustrating to watch 
the Troy game and the first three quarters of the Arkansas State game after what we saw at Tulane, which, don't get me wrong, that wasn't just an offensive masterpiece of a football game, but we limited the mistakes, we didn't hurt ourselves, and we won a football game. And, man, if, if we could just limit the mistakes that the fourth quarter shows you, uh, Jake Lang came in and just did a masterful job of of managing the game, not trying to play bigger than his role, but just not making mistakes and uh, took advantage a couple of times and, and was able to make some plays uh, where he hurdled the defensive lineman that was down and, and, you know, ran for some good yardage there. Or he had a really nice pass uh, across the middle to Frank Gore, but, you know, make a couple of plays here and there and just not make mistakes to hurt us. And we, and we win the ball game. So, um, yeah, I, I shouldn't drink whiskey and, and tweet late at night, especially when we're losing, I guess. But, I don't uh, think you have to apologize for anything, dude. Like that yeah. was, that was warranted. It was, it was that bad. And so, so Jake Lang comes in, um, throws a few incompletions right off the bat. Uh, we get the ball back on the other side of the field. First pass he throws was borderline catastrophic. <laughs> It's batted up into the air, and it's like that was so close to being a pick six. But what did what did what did Jake do? He turns in defender, he bats the ball down, and then from then on, it was it was changed. Now his stats obviously aren't eye popping. If you go back and you 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 look at that, I mean he was six for twelve for forty five yards, um, and then running the ball, he was one rush for six yards. But that's enough to get you know the player of the game accolades. Um, given how things went and how things turned around. So, um, but yeah, Lane came in. The running game really, really took hold on those last couple of drives. You know, Frank Gore with the 30-yard touchdown run there to get the Golden Eagles back within a score. And then, you know, Janari Dean right there after, after the, the Golden Eagles drove down the field. And I believe the, was the pass to, was it to Cavallo there at the end to get it? The fourth down play? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. And and Cole made a fantastic play on that because uh, the pass was, was a little low and kind of behind him, so he had to turn his body, and he stretched it out and dove and got that first down. And if he wouldn't have made the play that he made, we would not have got that. It would have been ball game. We would have lost. Uh, and also, you mentioned Frank's 30-yard run. Cole had a monster block on that. Latrell Jones had a monster block, and Ty Mims. Those three guys make crucial blocks to get Frank along the edge and then give him some time to get him in the end zone. Uh, I mean, that was one. Frank gets the attention. Of course he should. That was a beautiful run, but that was a true team touchdown there because uh, somebody posted, maybe it was Southern Miss football, posted a clip of the run from like field level. And the angles were perfect where you could just see those three guys lay those blocks that they had to lay. And Frank gets in for the touchdown. But again, you know, I mean, I know Will Hall is harped on it. If everybody does their jobs and, and doesn't make mistakes, uh, you know, he's not an idiot. The plays are drawn up to work, but everybody has to do their job. And when when those guys do their job, Frank Gore scores a 30 yard touchdown and it makes it look you know, kind of easy. I think you could really attribute that to the culture that we built here at Southern Miss. I mean, that was a very, very unlikely comeback that 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 was the biggest comeback victory that we've had. Biggest come from behind victory we've had since we were down 18 to Kentucky uh, back in 2016. So yeah. it was, um, let's see, I'm looking, I got the game notes pulled up here. It was the first double digit comeback for Southern Miss since September 19, 2009, um, at, at home, where the Golden Eagles scored 13 in the fourth quarter to a, uh, to eclipse a 10 point fourth quarter deficit and seal a 37 to 34 win. So biggest comeback at, at home in, in quite some time, but the biggest comeback, uh, since 2016. So, um, you know, that's not something that we've seen the past three years. So it's yeah. kind of good. You can kind of feel the program, the needle moving in that direction. Um, it was also the first home Sunbelt game for the Golden Eagles. Just kind of uh, going through a few things here. It was the 10th victory over Arkansas State all time. Southern Miss is currently 10 and 2 all time against Arkansas State. Um, a couple of names to to mention. Uh, freshman Ty Mims had uh, five catches for 81 yards uh, in the game. Apparently. Um, oh man, who got banged up? 
Uh, Caston. Caston. Yeah, yeah. So Caston, Caston gets banged up. Mims come in, and Mims is somebody who's who's shown flashes here and there, but he came in and had a really strong game. Wilkie, not his best game. I mean, statistically, it was decent, but it's kind of negated by the by the two interceptions. So he was 11 for 20 for 132 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Also, he had um, a net of uh, what three carries for a net of 20 yards on the ground. So had a decent so, decent game running the ball. Yeah, but you know, post game uh, interviews, Coach Hall, I mean, really just went straight into it, you know, just not pulling any punches, just you telling the truth. And he was like, look, he was like, there's a lot of pressure on Zach Wilkie. He was like, he's a true freshman. Uh, you know, now that he's been basically cemented, cemented the starter, the, the weight of the world's on this kid. He's, he's 18 years old. He was playing high school football at this time last year. And it's, it's all just kind of coming down on him right now. And he's playing tight. He was like, I mean, you, you saw the, you know, overthrows and, and interceptions right to guys. Look, Zach Wilkie's a, an incredibly talented kid, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be a good quarterback, but the 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 D1 FBS game moves fast, and it's a big jump from high school to that, and then you're the quarterback on top of that. I mean, uh, Austin Davis and Nick Mullins didn't have a whole lot of success in their first five or six games when they were here. So I just still encourage people to, to be patient with Zach. Uh, one day the light's going to click and the game's going to slow down for him. And the kid's got an arm and he's smart and knows his reads. Uh, just, just kind of be patient. But, but, you know, Will was kind of saying, Hey, you know, I just, I had to take him out and bench him. He, he just, he wasn't performing because he's just wound up tight and there's so much pressure on him. Um, and, uh, then kind of the flip side of that is, is Jake Lane comes in and, uh, Lee Roberts was like, you know, I saw you at Eagle Walk and I was messing with you going, don't you have a game today? And he was like, I know that's just your personality. You know, you're just a laid back loose guy and, and that's how you go in. And, uh, Jake Lang's interview, uh, with, with John Cox and, and Lee after the game was awesome. Um, I mean, just to, to hear him come in and, and to be able to get that win for the team because, uh, I mean, Jake was put in a really tough spot last year. It's, I mean, it, you go from, uh, not really playing much football your senior year of high school to be throwing, thrown into, to starting for Southern Miss when all the other quarterbacks are hurt and, uh, with a terrible offensive line and, uh, just was not a good situation for him last year. And, and that dude all along has just been a dude and just suited up, thrown the pads on and, and done what's asked of him. And uh, again, Will Hall being brutally honest was like, look, Jake Lang's not the most physically talented kid in the world. You know, he's, it's, it's not his strengths. He's, he's not the best athlete out there, but what we know we get from him is he knows the offense and, He's smart and, and can kind of slow it down at this point with, with the experience he got last year and not make mistakes. And that's exactly what we needed. And that's won the football game. I, I feel very confident that we will see plenty of Zach Wilkie going forward. And, uh, I mean, who knows? It's good to know that, that, uh, Jake came out and had that performance and, and hopefully we can count on him if we need him in that situation again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Will Hall today was was pretty mum on who would be the quarterback this week. Um, I, I would really be surprised if it wasn't Wilkie, but we'll see. We'll find out this Saturday. Um, so let's see some more stats here. Janari Dean, first time he had a touchdown for the Golden Eagles, a, a, a three yard touchdown run. Um, first first touchdown of his career. Looking forward to seeing more of Janari Dean out there. Um, Day before his birthday, so early birthday present. Evidently, he got a tooth knocked out at some point, uh, like maybe last kickoff. Um, he got a tooth knocked out after the game or during the game. So um, that's a great birthday present, too. Dominic Quaywan. Dude, he's an animal. I mean, he doesn't play like every play, but when he's in there, it's like he had – a sack and two tackles for a loss on the season. He now has six sacks for 45 yards and seven tackles for a loss for 49 yards on the season. So he is just a man on a mission when he's out there. We, we'd, we'd seen flashes in the past. He'd been a little banged up, but it's good to see him get that opportunity as well. Mason Hunt, yeah. 
Four punts for 162 yards, averaging 40.5 yards per punt, downing one inside the 20. So a good game for him. Um, you know, hey, and, and the defense held Arkansas State to only 50 yards on the ground. So, you know, Arkansas State, 236 yards through the air and 50 yards on the ground. That's a pretty solid defensive day. Um, yeah. Southern we Miss. know what we're going to get out of our defense. Our defense is, is stout. That's uh so what, what was the quarterback for Arkansas State? James Blackman. Yeah. Yes. Wasn't he on? Was he on uh, Last Chance U? I know he went to Florida State. Uh, he was the quarterback for Florida State when we played them in that bowl game a few years ago, the bowl game in Shreveport. You know, I, I really don't know. I want to say he was on last chance you, but I may be wrong. I know he played at, at Florida State and was the quarterback for Florida State when they beat us in that bowl game in Shreveport. I do know that. But he's a talented quarterback. They just don't have a lot of pieces around him. So yeah. I was terrified after that first drive because he just carved us to pieces. He did carve us up. And drove down the field. But then defense settled in, and Austin uh, made – uh, corrections and, and adjustments there. And then the defense settled in and did what they did and then come out in the second half and they get a good drive going and, you know, they kind of shut them down from there again. I don't worry about our defense. That's, they may give up something here or there, but for the most part, they're going to be a bend don't break defense and, uh, and come up with a play when we need them to. So I, I don't worry about that, but uh, another stupid good night for them uh, at halftime, I think Arkansas state had negative four rushing yards. Uh, it was late in the game before they had, uh, I can't remember if it was, uh, Baker or Austin Davis that, that brought it up that they had like six rushing yards at that point in time. Uh, they had gotten back into the positive, but, uh, the defense is nasty. And, uh, had it not been for a, a weird whistle on a field goal team, we've got a blocked field goal probably returned for a touchdown. Uh, so defensive special teams are, are playing well. Again, that's, it's the frustration I think is that we know we've got the weapons to get the job done on offense. It just, uh, young quarterbacks and, and, uh, a lot of inconsistency and then throw in just silly penalties and careless penalties that kill drives and, uh, that the, it, it made for a frustrating evening and, until it wasn't. As far as Southern Miss goes, you know, 168 uh, net yards on the ground, 177 yards through there. So pretty, that's probably one of the most balanced um, offensive nights that, that we've had, even given some of the, the, you know, struggles that we had in the passing game. So, um, you know, we'll take it. We definitely, I've definitely, you've definitely wanted to see more balance. You would just like to see it more balanced because of, um, uh, you know, getting more yards as opposed to not doing as well. <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully uh, I, I this week. No dams about balance. I just care about points. In the, in the time of possession, I mean, it was pretty close. 30 minutes, 20 seconds to 29.40. You know, last week we had the huge deficit in time of possession, and I think it kind of weird on the defense, particularly there in the end of the game. So um, did we did what it took to win. And, uh, you know, proud of the Golden Eagles, proud of the resolve that they had. So the Golden Eagles are currently sitting at three and three on the season, just where we thought we would be, right? Um, <laughs> on the high end, yeah. On the high end, we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. So with that said, you know, having three games now, uh, three and three and three, and having six games left on the schedule, it feels like that a a bowl game is in reach. I'm not getting ahead of myself because we have every game is a game we can win or lost the rest of the year. But as far as um, the Sun Belt West goes, currently you've got South Alabama at two and zero in the West, Troy at three and one, Southern Miss at one and one, then Texas State and uh, ULL tied at one and two, Arkansas State and ULM tied at one and three. Um, so you know a game here, a game here, there things could really shape up. And then on the other side, um, you've got ODU at two and zero. ODU is 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 leading the way in the uh, in the uh, Sun Belt right now. Who saw that coming? Not um, I. No, not I either. And what didn't they? Who did they beat this week? Um, uh, they went in and beat undefeated Coastal Carolina in uh, Conway. And didn't just beat them. I mean, they yeah took skull it drug it them. To them. It was pretty bad. So let's look at some of those Sun Belt scores for this week. So last Wednesday night, 
Um, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns defeated Marshall 23 to 13. What has um, happened to Marshall? Man, you beat Notre Dame and, and then, then just fall apart. Fall apart. Um, like we said, Old Dominion defeated Coastal Carolina 49 to 21. Um, Troy defeated Texas State 17 to 14. Our opponent this week, uh, really held Troy there right there until the end. Um, so Texas State giving Troy a, a run for their money. Georgia Southern defeating previously undefeated James Madison by a final score of 45 to 38. And then South Alabama, um, defeats Louisiana Monroe 41 to 34. So man, I'm not like saying that I'm not like advocating that we have a shot in the Sun Belt. I don't really care about that at this point. I'm, uh, my bigger goal is the bowl game, but the Sun Belt is anybody's game at this point right now. Yeah. On either side. Yeah. Absolutely. App State has kind of fallen apart. Coastal Carolina just took a loss. Uh, I mean, James Madison got ranked in the top 25 and then lose, loses. Uh, the, the Sun Belt's drunk and it's a whole lot of fun. And it's, it's not drunk how Conference USA used to be drunk. Like, uh, Conference USA drunk would like get all handsy and close talking and like really <laughs> bad breath. And it's like, this is, this is bad drunk. You need to get away from me. Sun Belt's like, chugging beers funneling them jumping off of tops of single wide trailers onto flaming tables fun um it's uh it, it, it's a good time i'm enjoying this conference already and it you know speaking of the sun but it looks like it's gonna be another fun week this week so you've got uh georgia state uh taking on at app state wednesday night october 19th on thursday october 20th you've got troy at south alabama so the two southern alabama Teams are going to be battling it out. You've got Louisiana Monroe at Army, Marshall at James Madison, Georgia Southern at Old Dominion, Arkansas State at Louisiana. And then that brings us to the game of the week this Saturday, October the 22nd. It's going to be at 4 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Southern Miss, 3 and 3 on the year, at Texas State, who is 3 and 4 on the year. As of right now, Southern Miss is a two and a half point favorite. The line opened as a uh, as a one point. Southern Miss was a one point favorite, so the line slightly shifting in Southern Miss's favor. I don't know the the ins and outs of why that is, but we will certainly take it. Let's uh, let's take a look at some of the games this season for Texas State. The only game I think I watched Texas State in was when they played. Um, well, I've watched a little bit of a few games. Well, they, they played Baylor. Um, so let's go through down the line. So they, they fell to Nevada 38 to 14. They defeated FIU 41 to 21. They fell to Baylor 42 to 7, but they really gave Baylor fits. I mean, I think that game got out of hand in the second half, but I was really impressed with the resolve, um, that the Bobcats showed in that one. Then they defeated Houston Christian 34 to nothing. They defeated, uh, they fell to James Madison 40 to 13. They defeated App State 36 to 24. Um, and then this past week, uh, falling to Troy by three, 17 to 14. I think Troy was like a, was a significant favorite in that game. So, um, it, it seems like they're a little, they've got a little salty, salty ass Troy. Yeah. They were 16 and a half point dogs in that game. So it feels like they, the Texas state has got a little salty ass Texas state to them too. Well, Troy was just coming in off the hangover from beating us and they were all high thinking they were. Tough stuff and, and let Texas State slip up on them. I actually didn't watch that game. I'm just talking out my ass. Um, <laughs> um, their, their quarterback is, uh, is Lane Hatcher. Um, currently on the season, uh, 1,695 yards with a completion percentage of 63%, has 14 TDs and seven interceptions. So that's, that's their, their leading, uh, quarterback. Uh, their leading rusher is Lincoln. I'm going to say Paré. It may be Pear. It feels like it's Paré because it's Texas. I don't know. So we're going to say Paret. What? I don't know how it's spelled. I just said Paret. It's P-A-R-E. Uh, who knows? If he was from Arkansas, it would be like Lincoln Pear. <laughs> but it feels we'll like call he, him Paré oh, okay. just because we want to. He's from Germantown. His birthplace was Germantown, Tennessee. It may be Lincoln Pear. Ah, yeah. So we'll find out. He's got 87 carries on the year, 343 yards, two touchdowns, averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, their leading receiver is Ashton Hawkins. 
He is a uh, 5'10", 170 pound wide receiver, uh, 49 receptions for 479 yards and six TDs on the season. Now, as far as like how things kind of match up, it feels like the like it, the stats as a whole are kind of I don't know, kind of kind of it's tough to judge them by their total stats as it is with most any team. Um, particularly in some of these games recently where they've had success, they've done a good job of, uh, stuff in the run a little bit. Like currently, um, on the season, they're, they're giving up 125.6 yards per game on the ground. They've done a better job of that recently. Um, so points per game, Southern Miss with 25.8, Texas State with 23. As far as points allowed per game, Southern Miss is giving up 23.2, Texas State giving up 24.7. Total yards, Southern Miss, I mean, almost a dead heat here. Southern Miss 335, Texas State 336.3. Through the air, Southern Miss is doing a little bit better on the ground. Uh, 212 in the air, 123 on the ground. Texas State 242.1 through the air and 94.1 on the ground. Yards allowed, um, Southern Miss giving up uh, 367.7. Texas State, 362.3, so almost another, you know, dead heat. Um, passing yards allowed per game, Southern Miss giving up 236.2, Texas State, 236.7. Uh, rushing yards allowed, Southern Miss giving up 131.5, and Texas State, 125.6. So there you have it. Take that for what you will. Um, Southern Miss, a slight favorite in this game. The game is at Texas State. I think the last time we played at Texas State, it was one of the biggest – one of the wildest games that in, in Golden Eagle history. I think Jalen Richard had like what two, three TDs. I mean, it was just bananas. Yeah, uh, Catherine's going to be out of town this weekend for work, and I'll have Evian. I don't know how I'm going to swing a five o'clock Eastern kickoff. So I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I think I am going to. Uh, not watch the game while it's being played and watch it on the ESPN plus replay after I get Evie in bed so I can concentrate on it. And that will also keep me from tweeting things that I'll regret later. I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't think you tweeted anything bad the other day. Oh, no. I mean, I didn't go completely nuts, but I, I, as a rule, try to keep it positive for the most part. And for me to say I was embarrassed to be a Golden Eagle fan is definitely not positive. No, um, but, I, but I, get I, it. I also left those tweets up and owned everything that I said and uh, volunteered to eat my crow. Uh, so, I mean, it is what it is. But. I don't normally do that, so that's why it stands out to me so much this time. Uh, normally, when I go to make those tweets, I just uh, don't, and the whiskey fingers made me do it. So I won't be able to do it this week because I'm going to have to watch the game on a delay. Well, I mean, pretty much any time you watch the game on the ESPN app, it is on a delay. So That's true. <laughs> that's true. Like the uh, time Marchant did uh, color for uh, John Cox, and I wanted to listen to that. Uh, at least a little bit because I got to listen to Baker too, but I uh, wanted to listen to that and I tried to put it on and they were like 30 seconds ahead of what was on television. And uh, I guess I wasn't smart enough at the time to be like, let me pause this for 30 seconds and hit play and try to line it up. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's definitely on a delay. What do you think about the game this weekend, man? How, how do you feel about, you know, the golden Eagles heading into this game? I mean, I think it's, I really don't know. Like, I, I don't bet on Southern Miss, um, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the past two weeks, the Golden Eagles haven't covered the spread. I really don't know what to make of this team right now, you know, because you, you, you don't have that consistency on offense that you like. Um, really, it's, t- it's tough to have faith in any of the quarterbacks uh, that they can go in and carry the load. You hope that they will, but it's tough to say, like, oh, they're definitely going to do this. So it's one of those things where it's I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's I mean, Tulane's got a good defense and a good team. They're they're in the top 25 now where they are their only loss on the season. So we know we can go in with the young quarterbacks and get it done against a good team. I I just I, I mean, again, Will Hall said the pressure started to, to mount on him. And maybe that's just the case. You know, there was not a lot of pressure in that Tulane game because he was still kind of an unknown uh, and they won that game and that put a lot of expectations and kind of blew up what people are like, Oh man, this Wilkie kid is good. And he is good. He is very good. Uh, but uh, I think that kind of maybe ratcheted up the expectations on him. 
to develop quickly and, and people had a lot of faith in him and, and put that on him. So, uh, you know, hopefully he, he can learn how to, to cope with that pressure and get back out there and kind of settle back down and, and perform because when he performs, we can be a dangerous team. Um, and so we'll, we'll see who the, the quarterback is this weekend, but if it, it's pretty clear, other than the amazing fourth quarter comeback that we had to, to win this past game, when we don't commit turnovers, we win ball games. When we commit turnovers, we generally lose ball games. So uh, that's that's what it's going to boil down to. Uh, if we commit less than two turnovers, then I think we win the game. Two or more, it's going to be a toss up. Hey, yeah, that's a that's a pretty fair analysis. It you know. To be fair to Wilkie, I mean, the plan was to redshirt him this year. I don't think yeah. they wanted him to see the field, you know, more than the four games that was allowed. So, um, you well, know, Ty, Ty Keyes was roaming the sidelines with his right hand in a cast. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, it's, you know, what I want to know is where is Trey Lowe? Like, I mean, I didn't think Trey Lowe was that bad of a quarterback when he played to the point where he has just completely disappeared and not even mentioned as an option in an emergency situation. So I don't know what that, you know, this past Tuesday at competition Tuesday coming out of the coming out of competition Tuesday, the, um, he said that, uh, that Lang had surpassed Lowell on the depth chart. Uh, Will Hall did. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that's a testament more to, to Lang or, or to, uh, What's going on with with Trey Lowe? It would I, you know, I think he's a I think he's a solid game manager. I don't think he's uh, you know, I think we've seen some good things out of him. Um, yeah. We've seen some bad things out of him, but well, yeah, he's got like one pass attempt this season, and it was an interception, and then we have not seen him again. I think he played a little bit, didn't he? Or am I wrong on that? I feel like he came in a little bit in a, a, a no, he did he did play against uh, Northwestern State. Okay, yeah, um, and had a, he had a had a really solid outing in that one um but yeah it's it's to be it's, fair that was kind of like playing the school of the blind poor that was one of the worst State that was, was one of the worst football teams i've ever seen in my life yeah so they yeah. were i felt bad for them absolutely <laughs> so the the golden eagles uh this week taking on texas state 4 p.m on espn plus um we've got some basketball preseason sunbone honors shane you want to touch on these for us yeah, Ken, um, Dominique Davis show, getting shown the love that she deserves. I mean, she's, she's a monster out there. Very glad to have her in the black and gold. Chosen preseason Sunbelt first team, uh, and Malia Grayson chosen second team. So, uh, just into the conference, the Lady Eagles getting a little love individually and as a team, Lady Eagles picked to finish fourth by the coaches in the league. So getting a little respect coming out of the gate. Uh, always a fan of Joy Lee and, and her teams and, and watching and keeping up with them. So let's see if the ladies can make a run in the Sun Belt in their first season. Uh, on the men's side, uh, the, the coaches weren't so kind as to pick the, the men uh, in the top four teams of the league. But uh, Felipe, is it Haas? Felipe Haas? I, th- I believe so. Yeah. Haas is, is selected to the second team. Uh, the entire basketball roster, uh, except for like one player and Jay Ladner is brand new. So I don't know how many times I've, I've heard his name, but, uh, yeah, he, he's picked second team preseason Sunbelt. So, you know, um, basketball is coming up quicker than, than probably we expect. We're, we're less than a month out now, huh? Um, but, we don't know what to expect out of this Golden Eagle basketball team. We've got two new assistant coaches, the whole roster, except for like one contributor, basically two contributors really uh, is brand new. So uh, let's, let's uh, see what, uh, what the Golden Eagle basketball can do with uh, Jay Ladner, Jay Ladner's revamped team. You want to touch on some fall sports now? Uh, fall sports. Nathan, fall sports? Fall yeah. sports? Yeah. yeah, man, we can talk about fall sports. <clears throat> I feel like I've got like 30 minutes to talk about the men's golf team because the way that their tournaments have been lining up lately, like we'll record a podcast right in the middle of one. So now we got to finish one. Then we got to talk about the one that they're currently playing that won't finish. So we're going to have to finish that one next week. And then I'll also let you know when their next tournament is. So um, settle in. Light a fire. 
uh, grab a cup of hot chocolate. Let's sit down and talk about men's golf for three hours or so. Not really. It'll, it'll go by. But uh, what will help it go by is the men have been uh, playing some really strong golf here lately, as well as the ladies. But uh, we're, we're going to talk about the men first. Last week when we recorded, the golf team was in seventh place at the Oregon State Invitational at the Tristing Tree Country Club in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, the gentlemen improved their stock on the last day and ended up finishing in fourth place. Uh, Ryan Dupuis finished fifth individually, and Cameron Clark also finished in the top 15 with a 13-place finish. So uh, nice uh, top four finish there for the, the gentlemen out there in the Pacific Northwest. And then they came back to Hattiesburg, I presume, for a few days, turned around, head to Little Rock, Arkansas, currently playing at the Little – well, not currently, currently. We're recording at like uh, 9 o'clock Central Time on, on Monday night, so they're not playing now. But uh, as of today, in action at the Little Rock Invitational at the – hmm – how, how would you pronounce C-H-E-N-A-L? Chenal? Chenal? It doesn't matter. It's a country club in Little Rock, Arkansas. Shanal. Uh, Shanal? Yeah. We're going to call it Shanal. The Shanal <laughs> Country Club in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, so currently, uh, freshman Ryan Dupuis continues his hot play, shooting a 69 uh, in the opening round and a 67 in the second round. He heads into the clubhouse tied for first overall while leading Southern Miss to a third-place standing. Uh, Dupuis sits at eight under par, while the Golden Eagles are four under par as a team. They trail three strokes to VCU and Troy, who are tied for first, so one round of golf left to be played. Uh, shotgun start, 8 o'clock Tuesday, November the 18th. We'll decide this one. The Golden Eagles have to make up three strokes on VCU and or Troy to take the tournament. Uh, <clears throat> Robbie Ladder shot a 74 and then a 70 to sit tied for 16th currently. Uh, the Eagles get a chance to get the victory tomorrow morning. And then uh, what I feel is already a win for the program. Their next golf match is Friday the 28th through Sunday the 30th at the White Sands Bahamas Invitational in Nassau, Bahamas, hosted by VCU. I want to know what kind of money VCU has where they host their golf tournaments in the Bahamas, but uh, that's a whole nother deal. Um, so, yeah, uh, congratulations. Corvallis, Oregon is probably a beautiful place to visit and play golf this time of year. Uh, I do like uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. It's a lovely place, but in, in the uh, article I was or the write-up I was reading, it was kind of cold and windy there, and Little Rock is very hilly, so that is not a place where I would want to go walk a golf course. Uh, but Bahamas, they go next round, and they're going to try to win a tournament while they're at it tomorrow in Little Rock. Women's golf, when we last recorded, the ladies were in sixth place at the Lady Redwoods Red Wolves Classic at the Sage Meadows Golf Club in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We never did get clarification on if the Sage Meadows Golf Club had one of the few alcohol licenses for the Jonesboro area. Uh, but I feel like that's important information to know. Uh, they were able to move a spot on up a spot on the second day to finish fifth overall. We had two ladies finish in the top 20 individually with J.C. Fields and Elena Milik finishing ninth and 11th. Uh, freshman Taylor Tribble competed as an individual and also finished in the top 25 at the 21st spot. Lady Eagles are off until they host their tournament, the Judson, at the Hattiesburg Country Club. That'll be Monday, October 31st, and Tuesday, November 1st. Uh, Lady Eagles tennis continued their fall schedule at the ITA Southern Regionals in Baton Rouge. Freshman Hannah Chambers and sophomore Alyssa Richter played their way into the round of 16 in doubles matches where they fell 8-4 to four to a duo from LSU. Uh, next up for the ladies this fall... Fall, Nathan Hosey, fall. The Raging Cajuns Invitational in Lafayette, Louisiana, November 4th and 5th. Um, if anybody has found the men's tennis team, uh, who still has not been reported on from the matches they were supposed to play a couple of weeks ago, they're supposed to play at the ITA Regionals in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, this Thursday the 13th through Sunday the 16th. We'll see after those dates if we get an update on what the men's tennis team has been up to. Lady Eagles soccer was in action for a single match this past week where they fell 1-8 to eight 
Ooh, at South Alabama on Sunday the 16th. Bernadette Stefan scored the Lady Eagles' lone goal in the 68th minute. I don't know what else we can say about a 1-8 to eight, uh, victory, or not victory, defeat, other than the fact that it closely mirrors the Lady Eagles' 1-8-3, and 1-4-2 and two in conference play action. Uh, really kind of surprising this year after the strong two previous seasons that the Lady Eagles had that they have been struggling so mightily this year. Although the Sun Belt is a uh, probably a much more difficult conference in ladies' soccer than Conference USA was, uh, it, I really did not expect uh, what has gone on. So hopefully the ladies can start to turn it around. Uh, get some victories under their belt before the season's over. Uh, they will get a couple of chances this week, Thursday the 20th at 2 o'clock versus App State in Hattiesburg, and then Sunday the 23rd at Arkansas State at 1 o'clock. Volleyball was at Texas State last week. Let's hope that uh, their results don't mirror what's going to go on with the football team this weekend because they fell 0-3 to on Friday the 14th, and then turn around and fell 1-3 to on Saturday the 15th. Next up, they host Arkansas State in Hattiesburg Friday the 21st at 6 o'clock and Saturday the 22nd at 2. Beach Volleyball has announced a trio of new fall dates. Uh, October the 29th through 30th is the Rally Volleyball Exhibition in Huntsville, Alabama. Then November 5th and 6th, they will be at the Tulane Exhibition at the White Sands Beach Volleyball Complex in Elmwood, Louisiana. And then wrapping up the fall exhibition schedule with some dates at the Hattiesburg Beach Volleyball Complex and here on the campus of the beautiful University of Southern Mississippi. That will be November the 19th and 20th. Wrapping it up for fall sports for the night, the Lady Eagles cross-country team competed at the Crimson Invitational in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where they finished sixth out of 21 teams last week. Freshman Isabella Ross finished sixth in the 58.50 meter, so 5,850 meters. That's uh uh, I'm, I'm going to have to do some looking into cross country about why that specific distance, but that was her first top 10 finish of the season with that sixth place finish. Uh, Aaron Phelps also finished in the top 20 at 14th while Carlin Beal and Sarah Parnell finished 35th and 49th respectively. Next up for the Lady Eagles cross country team, Saturday, the 29th of October at the Sunbelt Championships in Foley, Alabama. And that will do it for fall sports this week. All right. Do you have Shane, do you have any shout outs this week or and or would you like to touch on what you're sipping on? Um we we can do both. Um uh, I'm trying to think uh Cloverleaf was exceptionally entertaining on Saturday on the Twitters. Uh just some gold stuff coming out there. We always enjoy uh, his content, even when he's messing with me, uh, I actually particularly enjoy that. Um, but um, shout out to anybody else. Shout out. Uh, I know you're, you'll probably touch on this, too, but the Bailey family, just uh, if you're the praying kind, keep them in your prayers. If you're the thinking kind, think keep them in your thoughts. But uh, best best wishes to Mr. Wayne and all of the Baileys. Whiskey wise, um, sipping on a little. King's family distilling out of the Pigeon Forge, Gatlin, Tennessee area, Gatlinburg, Tennessee area. They take some MGP rye whiskey out of Indiana, uh, throw it off in a second toasted barrel for a little while. And uh, it's delicious stuff. It's, it's uh, kind of desserty, little toasted marshmallowy. Uh, but that's what I'm sipping on tonight. All right. Yeah, definitely want to give a shout out to the Bailey family. Hope all goes well tomorrow. I believe uh, Jason's mom just just posted on Facebook that uh, Wayne's birthday is this Wednesday. So got to give a shout out to my niece, JC. So she cheers at Northwest Rankin. I was able to see her this week because they defeated they defeated the Petal Panthers. And I got to see Tank, the offensive lineman for um, Northwest Rankin that's committed to Southern Miss this year. But JC, this is her senior year. Uh, cheer, cheerleading and, and, and fingers crossed on where she ends up next. So Paul goes well with that and, uh, good to see so many people. But yeah, my old, I mean, this has been one of my best buddies for 30 years, Matt Goff. It was, it was awesome. Matt, to see Matt Goff. Awesome to see Matt in town, um, and catch up with him. Um, so shout out to our sponsor this week, To the Top Talk. If you guys want to sponsor, go to to the top talk.com. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, fill out the, if you, if you have trouble with the form, hit me up, Jamie, at jamierrington.net or hit us up on any of our social media platforms. This week, Saturday, 4 p.m., Southern Miss at Texas State. I don't know what time zone they're in. I think they're in the Central. I don't know. But here, it will be airing at 4 p.m., so be sure to make your plans accordingly. It's not going to be a, a night game like it has been the last little while. It'll be just a tad bit earlier. Um, you know, check out our merch as well, tpublic.com slash to the top talk, or there is a link at to the top talk.com. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm going to stay. I could play for North Carolina. Ohio State, RLSU, you play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state